Okay. I believe we are live. We nice. are trying a new setup today, which we'll talk about more in a moment. But as always, my name is Michael Becker. I'm the Director of Operations here at Sacred Heart, joined by the pastor of Sacred Heart, Father John Eckert. And we're going to start with a prayer and then dive into a little bit about our new studio. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. And then we'll talk about the catechism. So, Father, let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for your countless gifts, especially the gift of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We ask you to help us to continue to fall more and more in love with him, to learn the ways that we can share that love in all that we do and say, um, in the vocations that you've given to each one of us. And through the intercession and the help of the archangels, of our guardian angels, and of our blessed mother, the queen of all angels, we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus. Have mercy on us. Immaculate Heart of Mary. Pray for us. Saints Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I just have to say, before we even begin, I'm embarrassed I've not said it once today. Happy feast day. Oh, thank you, Father. You're welcome. Honestly, I forgot it was my feast day. Sure. Until we got to Mass, and you're like, oh, it's the feast of St. Michael, Gabriel, Raphael. I'm like... Oh, oh, it yeah. is my feast day today. It's a big day. And a couple of things on that, too, it just occurred to me. I think St. Gabriel is one of the patron saints of communication, which makes sense. Yes, he is. Um, when I was on the radio show in seminary, it was on St. Gabriel Radio in Columbus, Ohio, which <laughs> is kind of nice, you know, obviously named for the patron there. And then I would also say we need to wish a happy feast day to our friends at St. Michael's in Gastonia, especially our friend Father Lucas K. Rossi. Of course. And uh, the folks at St. Gabriel's Parish in Charlotte, Father Richard Sutter, their pastor. So Yes, indeed. It's a good day. Do we have a St. Raphael's Parish? I don't believe I so. I one in Raleigh. I don't know if there's okay. one in Charlotte. Yeah, I don't think we have one, but that's okay. To all those St. Raphael's out there. And all those other day. Michael's Happy Feast Day and Gabriel's Happy Feast Day and Raphael's, Raphael's yeah. Happy Feast Day. Wonderful day. But next thing we need to talk about, we're in a new spot, Father. We are. We're not in my office. We're in a new spot. We got a new camera. We got new mics. We got a new whole setup. We got some lighting. We're still working on our backdrop. We're going to get some shelves and put some cool stuff up on the wall. Hopefully get some multiple cameras to get different angles in the future. But we're making progress. We are. And I believe, didn't you get the help of a vibe coordinator? Isn't isn't Callie Michaels going to help us? Like, Callie our, Michaels are going to be our with, our... with our vibe to make sure that the background looks really nice. Our consultant. I like vibe consultant. Vibe consultant for yeah. PowerPod Studios, LLC. LLC. I love that. So yeah, so this was called the PowerPod. We are in the back corner of what used to be just like fully the library, but we've used the space a little bit more efficiently, and uh, yeah, it's it's a wonderful spot. Yeah, we had, uh, I guess we should talk about how we're funding this a little bit. Sure. Be transparent. We had a very wonderful anonymous donor give us a very large gift to help us with COVID. Um, expenses because during COVID there was a lot of extra things that we had to do to uh, manage the school and church around that. Um, we still had $2,400 left in the budget from that um, anonymous gift and COVID is more or less done at this point so it was proposed to the finance council and then we asked the donor if they all would be okay with us transferring that money over to be a studio budget yeah. if you will. Um, everyone approved, everyone agreed, so we had uh, quite a bit of expenses, there's quite a bit of finances to expense the project. We still have a lot to go. I yeah. still have 
I mean, I think I've only spent $600 at this Woo-hoo. point. Which is great. But, in, you know, and the thing is, too, it kind of goes in line w- with what the original intention was because mm-hmm. a lot of it had to do with live streaming, reaching people remotely. And, I mean, we even kind of started this during COVID time, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean it was a year, year, year plus in, a year and a half. Year and a yeah. half, yeah. So, I mean, it kind of goes right in line, I think, with the spirit of the original donation. Um, and after our last show... Um, we got a little bit of feedback that some people could not hear me. And it wasn't, I don't think, just because I mumble, um, but also because, like, our, our lapel mics weren't picking everything up. Plus, I got to say, you know, I don't know if everybody knew this, but for the last year and a half, every time Michael and I did the show, he had to go up to the choir loft, dismantle everything we use for live streaming, bring it down to my office, move my other chairs out, bring the other chairs in. Like it was a whole production to just get that going. Well, now we've got a spot, PowerPod Studios, LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, the next time you're at Sacred Heart Catholic School, which is a wonderful place to be, you will see in the hallway that we have a currently lit on-air sign, which is, is amazing. Fantastic. It's so great. So it just makes it that much more official. And I think a couple students noticed it. Oh, when yeah. When turned it on, they were walking by. Hopefully it keeps all those... Yeah. Everyone down a little bit out in the hallway so we can record well. Now, we do have the gym on the other side of the wall right here. They have a volleyball game going on. So whistle blowing, cheering, anything that you might hear, that is the background noise. But that wall is full of books, and I yeah. think all the books are absorbing a lot of the sounds. So and I gotta say, I feel like they must have put in more insulation in that wall because, like, I can hear the volleyball game more in my office, which has a hallway in between the gym and my office, than you can in here. Like, you can hear some some faint cheering, but it's not that loud. Yeah, because you do have the bleachers on this wall, so That's you got true. the fans in the bleachers, so that might reflect a lot of the sound back as well. But that yes, could be. yeah, it's I just... totally agree with you that it is quite a bit quieter in here than I thought. Pretty awesome. So so far, power pod. Studios LLC, it's a it's a go. I'm a Off fan. And running, yes. And we got these awesome huge microphones. They are pretty nice. They are. And nice. I'm so happy I went with these low profile arms. The original <laughs> ones were, they kind of go up and then back down, and they were going to kind of be bulky. Like 15 more bucks, and I wow. got the low profile ones. You can run the cords through them. I mean, yes, I've been geeking out about this project for about a month now, and super excited that we get to show it off to all of you. And there's other fun things in store. I think I'll be starting a podcast. EJ's been using this as his studio for his FIDE recordings, catechism series. Yeah. Any other fun recordings or things that we want to do, we now have a place to. I'm really excited about this. We could, you know, do some random video announcement sort of things we could put out. And, yeah, just it's so good to have something like this. And it's a great way to communicate. And, yeah, thank you for for doing all the hard work to make it happen. I'm just glad that people approve the budget. Yes. That is true. Yeah. So thank you to everyone who approved the budget. Yes. Thank you, Finance Council. We do have a wonderful Finance we, Council. They are fantastic. They really are great. And we didn't have to do a lot of convincing no. to get them to approve They, the they were totally they on board. all agreed. Mm-hmm. I think they like our productions, maybe. I hope so. I don't I know if any so. of them actually watch our productions. Um... I don't know. Probably not. You know That's what? okay. They know it's a, an evangelical effort. There you have Whether it. they watch it or not, you all, our faithful listeners, are watching. Exactly. And that's what matters. So it's great. Now we should probably talk about the catechism. We're doing great on time, aren't we? Yeah. We I always, think so. Well, it's been like 10 minutes on that. That's not too bad. Um, anything else in the last month? I think we're doing pretty well. Just yeah. trucking along. School year's off to a great start um, once again. Uh, do we have the Eucharistic Congress in between the last time and now? I don't yeah. remember. Anyway. No. I think we. Oh, that was early August. I think it was early yeah, August that so right. we had it. Before, before the, the last, last one. one. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's, hey, be safe tomorrow. We are recording um, while Hurricane Ian is Making coming way up. out of Florida and up to South Carolina. So 
announcement if you're watching live we will be closed a half day tomorrow just thought we'd get that out there we're going to close at noon just to make sure everyone is home safe yep. um, before the storm actually hits us but stay safe and obviously we'll be praying for florida because yeah. um i'm sure a lot of reports are coming out about right now of what the damage was and it doesn't look great no not at all so yeah we'll just keep trucking along world keeps spinning absolutely all the time and uh yeah it's awesome stuff. Well, let's let's move into a very exciting segment of the catechism. So we are still recapping where we're at. We're still going through the creed, 12 points of the creed. We're still talking about the Holy Catholic Church, right? Mm-hmm. And so who is the church? What is the church? What is the church made of? We've been talking a lot about... Um, we just talked about the governing office. We talked about priests, pope, bishops last time. Uh time before that i don't actually remember what you talked about the time before that um apostles so all the way what back is to the, the catholic church yeah. one holy catholic apostolic all those types of things and i would just say too i mean the nice thing to know is we get into this today and we really start talking about the laity i think it's just it's good to know you know that our lord founded a church gave it to us and it's like even with these storms of time i mean not to you know obviously hit on the fact we got a hurricane coming but it's like you know yeah the winds blow uh they bash against the house the floods come and yet the church continues to stand and i know right now you know there's a lot of a lot of um confusion concern difficulties out there about what's coming next for the church church is going to be fine jesus assured us that the gates of hell won't prevail against it and so what do we do like we become saints. Like, that's what we have to do. Um, and so in the midst of things, it's like you can look and be like, ah, oh, Bishop so-and-so is doing X and it's so terrible. You know, you may be right. Bishop so-and-so may be terrible. And guess what? You need to pray for Bishop so-and-so because he's going to have to go in front of our Lord at some point. He's going to say, you know, I didn't entrust you with this office so you can make, I almost said a bad word, make random stuff up and just in you know, put in whatever you want. No, like, it's not like that. You have been given a treasure. Hand on the treasure. Don't, you know, receive something and then make stuff up. That's not the way this is. Like, we're entrusted with a treasure, and then we are given the duty of handing this on. And so what do we need to do? What does the church always call for in times when, yeah, there's some confusion and difficulty, times like our own? Got to become a saint. Fall in love with Jesus Christ, realize that he knows how to get himself to his people via the sacraments, will continue to do so, be a wonderful person who's dedicated to the sacraments yourself, raise wonderful children who are open to vocations, be they a vocation to marriage. You got to be open to that vocation too, because, you know, what does good holy marriage bring about? Good holy children who build up the church and become saints. Be open to the vocation of the priesthood, of the religious life. You know, to be a wonderful member of the laity out there in the world. It's not easy, but it's what we're all, you know, we're all called in the vocation Christ has given us to show that we're confident in his love for us and that he's given us the church and we're going to keep going. So. There's cool. a little rant. I think we covered going. all the 50 paragraphs. <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> Thank you, Father. <laughs> da, 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 da. Now, you know what we need along with the studio is some awesome like intro and outro music. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we do it live. It's hard to do the intro and outro I live. Know. I guess we could. You we play just... you play musical instruments. Maybe you should do well, that. Well, no, like, I just need to mic it through a little mixer down here. We could do that. That'd be great. Um, yeah, we like our live system. I hope you all like our live system. It makes it a whole lot easier. No post-production, pre-production. Yeah, that's true. So see, <laughs> we do the live so we don't have to have the music. It's, it's raw. Music. It's raw uncut just fun you know like, but like just, i think if this. we just plug your iphone into this mixer we just play a song and it pops right through the string and we could pick up we could pick a different theme song every every month 
Have fun, father. That could be your participation <laughs> into L. Uh, it's only twelve a year. We could come up with students. twelve songs a year. Anyway, I'm do sorry. It. Do it. Go let's, for it. Let's go. All right, lay faithful. Yes. All right, laity. What is the laity? This is kind of a. Well, I guess it's not really a Catholic term. It's a pretty pretty common term, but it's used quite a bit in the Catholic Church. But we're going to define it real quick, right here in paragraph 897. The term laity is here understood to mean all the faithful, except those in holy orders and those who belong to the those who belong to a religious state approved by the church. So, laity, everyone except father, more or less, and sister, and sister. There you have it. That's yeah. pretty much it. Simple. Mm-hmm. So you're a laity. Well, almost all of you are laity. I'm a laity, and father's not a laity. So, but what is the whole point of the laity, right? What is the, as the next heading says, the vocation of the layperson? And the amazing thing, what I love about our faith, is the vocation of the layperson is more or less almost the same vocation as yeah. a priestly person. Mm-hmm. We are still supposed to go out and evangelize. Yeah. We're still supposed to build up the church. We're still supposed to go out and proclaim the gospel message, which is basically evangelization. We're still supposed to grow in holiness, to become saints, to live a life suitable to following Jesus Christ. And Father does the same thing. It's a little bit different. We mm-hmm. do it in slightly different ways, but ultimately the universal call of holiness applies to everyone. Absolutely. And I've been thinking about this more here lately because, okay, we have a really good thing going here at Sacred Heart. I don't mind saying that, and, I, I, I'm, and I'm not... I like bragging, too, so I will jump right on board with you. I mean, our, our parish is so good. We now have our own PowerPod Studios LLC. I mean, look at this. This is amazing. So, but sometimes people, it's like, oh, Father, you're doing such a good job. Like, thank you for that. I appreciate that. But it's a whole package. Like, we're mm-hmm. all in this together. And, and I'll be honest, it's like, okay, you can be, like, you know, dynamite priest giving it your all. But if everybody in the parish doesn't care, like if everybody's just kind of into Acadia and it's like, eh, we're just not going to show up. We're not going to watch the catechism show you put out because we just don't care. Or if they just don't even show up to mass or if every new initiative is met with like stonewalling, if, you know, people are not living well their vocation, if they don't show up to confession, like great, like you can have John Vianney in a parish, but if people don't show up and respond... It's not going to work, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're all in this together, and we've got such a wonderful just family of people that are here, that are faithful to Mass on Sunday, that are striving to live it out. Do we have room to grow? Of course we do. I mean, we're on this side of the grave. We're going to have more to do until about 10 minutes after we're dead. You know, it's like the way that it works. But we're all in this together. And I say that in particular just because it's like, hey, we all have our part to play. And it's like this place doesn't become good because of one person. It's like we're all a team, you know, and working at this, we're all part of the body of Christ, you know, to start to kind of move into Pauline terminology. And, you know, and like, yeah, I get to do my part. Like I was in the confessional last night for like two hours and 15 minutes. It's great, you know? And yeah, I get to do that. That's part of my job. I'm the only one in this parish who can do it, you know? Um, but, like, that may not be your job, but it doesn't mean you don't have a job. Like, you get to take what we have here and then take it into the medicine shop, for example. Mm-hmm. I know we have, you know, not only the wonderful, you know, Teresa Casmus and the other more family members, that, but other people who work there. You know, it's like just the different 
like places you get to go, you know, like you take that treasure out there. And in some ways that requires more creativity than I have to bring to the table. Like I get to, like I have a dedicated audience, for example, at the school mass every Thursday morning. It's like, I have to, you know, I need to put together a homily. I need to pray about it and get ready and give that to the kids. The students were on it today. They were, they were so good. They were so on tune and answering questions. I don't think you had like a missed question the whole time. No, they were they were right on. They were they were so good. I love it was it was a beautiful school mass today. But so, you know, like basically, like for me, I get it teed up to me and handed to me on a silver platter. It's like our teachers are wonderful. The kids are so good at mass. Like everybody's attentive. Like I just go out there and get to explain the mysteries of the archangels, you know, or like Our Lady of Sorrows a couple weeks ago, or just everything like that. It's it's all right there. You've got it harder. Like you've got to be on board and ready. Like okay. Holy Spirit, help me to know today, like who it is that you want me to, you know, show the virtue of generosity towards, right? Like, let's say you're in in line at Food Lion and the person behind you is like, oh my gosh, I don't have my card. What am I? And to be able to be like, you know what? I got your groceries today. Like, you know, I mean, okay, to be able to ask the Holy Spirit for the strength to recognize the moment, not to be so focused on your phone or other things that you're listening and 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 attentive, to be willing to do something like that, if it's possible, or even to say like, hey, is there anything like you have to have for the baby or something like that? Like, I can buy your milk, you know, something along those lines. Like, to be able to just be attentive to needs around you and, you know, proclaim the gospel in that way. It's not served up to you on a silver platter like I get it in a lot of ways. And you you have the opportunity to do something like that all the time, you know, and just like you can bring that into the world and that's your vocation in the lay vocation. Yeah, there's so much more room for creativity in, I think, the the lay saints Mm -hmm. and just the laity in general. Because, yeah, all priests, more or less, are doing a very similar job, right? They're saying mass, hearing confessions, performing the sacraments, all incredibly important things. I don't doubt that at all. And I'm not either. But, I mean, you got firefighters, police officers, doctors, grocery store clerks, businessmen, engineers, everything in between. Yeah. And how to evangelize and proclaim the gospel in those settings is going to be very unique. Now, I'm in a very interesting position where I kind of get to play best of both worlds, right? Yeah. Where I do get to assist the pastor and build up the church by being very much present in the church. But then, as a lay faithful, in every single other aspect of my life, it is still very much the creativity Mm -hmm. of, of the laity. So, I am very blessed to be able to sit in my office and know, hey, whomever walks through that door, I am ministering to in a very focused sure jesus centric way it does help to be on lumen christie lane it's the same way in the school you know it's like the teacher ministers and that so it's like when you go out into the mission territory which is off of the friendly confines of the sacred heart campus Mm -hmm. you know that is when it's like okay lord you know help me to shine like help me to take what you have given me like i am baptized as that that definition goes on it's like who are the okay not holy orders not religious that is the faithful who by baptism are incorporated into christ and integrated into the people of god and made shares in their particular way in the priestly prophetic and kingly office of christ and have their own part to play in the mission of the whole christian people in the church and in the world i mean that's awesome and everybody's got their part to play. It's like there's there's no person that's a boring throwaway. You know, mm-hmm. like Pope Francis rails against the throwaway culture, and rightfully so, and thank, thanks be to God he does. But that's not just talking about our plastics. I mean, it's talking about people. And people do get thrown away sometimes mm-hmm. and just neglected. And I would say, too, like if you feel like one of those people who's been thrown away, 
A, you're not. You are loved by God. And remember, wherever you are, like if you're watching this and you're home by yourself, the sacrifices that you make, you know, bearing well the cross that you've been offered, even if it's the cross of loneliness, right? It's the cross of a lot of time. Offer up those prayers and sacrifices. Talk to our Lord. Ask Him for the grace to, you know, be kind and friendly to the people who do come into your orbit to make their life a little bit better. To pray that rosary. And quite frankly, to shut off the TV. Which I know is sort of an ironic thing as we talk to you via, you know, the interwebs. But... Don't spend a lot of time on the news. You can't change it. Like, I don't care if you are unhappy now and were happy a few years ago or the reverse. It really doesn't matter. Ultimately, take care of your part of the world that our Lord has given you and live that lay vocation well. Yeah, and actually the sacrifices ties really nicely in the paragraph 901. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a That's little fine. bit longer paragraph, it's but good. it talks specifically about how we as the lay faithful can offer sacrifices patiently bear those sacrifices unite them at the holy sacrifice of the mass at the foot of the cross and there's a redemptive aspect of those suffering and sacrifices yeah. and actually i had a little cross today that i will will share with you now please so there uh share waddell right yeah uh she does this conference called and gifted this is like her bread and butter charisms of the holy spirit there's one coming november 5th at saint thomas more in chapel hill I was going to go. I was going to get you to go. I was going to get my wife to go. It's the day of my last, my son's last soccer game of the season. And, and I'm you're the coach. And I'm the assistant coach. I will not be going to Chapel Hill on November 5th to go to the Called and Gifted program. That is a cross that I am going yeah. to willfully bear, even a little disheartened bear. But that is a sacrifice that yeah. I can offer up for the good of the kingdom. And you know what? That's where it's like our... <laughs> you may not have taken a specific, explicit promise of obedience, but it's the same sort of thing. Yep. I remember when I was in seminary, uh, one of my buddies offered me tickets to go to a University of Notre Dame football game on a Saturday. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I had been to one when I was in high school. It was like an incredible experience. You know, just I, I grew up loving Notre Dame. Wanted to, you know, it was like, it was going to be so great. We had this like day long conference thing and the seminary said, no, mm. like you can go afterwards, which the game would have been over by then. It's like, Okay. And I just remember that feeling of like, ugh, it's like, so this is what obedience is going to feel like. Yeah, sometimes it pinches, but like, yeah, it's part of the, the priestly charism. All right, now that, that we're obedience. talking about football, I got another one for Please. you. Please. All right. So I think it was my freshman year of college, Green Bay and Steelers were in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Um, I think that was 20, what was that, 2011, 2010? One of the mini Brett um, Favre. No, right. that would have been... What was that? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers? Oh, okay. Um, so uh, my friend, Father Daniel Ruhr, who was here for a wedding this yeah, past week. Yeah, great guy. I really like him. He is a huge Steelers fan. So we actually had a bet going yeah. on that if I, if the Packers lost, he and another one of our friends who was a focused missionary at the time would be able to shave my head into a tonsure for a week. So, you know, tonsure, like hair yeah. on the sides, bald on top. If the Packers won... Father Ruhr had to wear a Packers jersey for the entire week. <laughs> and the Focus Missionary had to wear my cheese head for wow. the entire week on campus. Anyways, so Abbot Plaza Solari asks Daniel Ruhr to serve Vespers that evening, solemn Vespers. And he turns them down. Even though it's not even close to the time of the Super Bowl, he's like, "I, it's the Super Bowl tonight. I'm going to turn you down. I am assigned 
to serve the seven o'clock mass that evening. I accept miss half of the Super Bowl game because I am serving mass. And to this day, Father Rewer says the Steelers lost because he turned down <laughs> serving and I sacrificed to miss the first half of the game. Maybe I got my reward very quickly for that sacrifice. Yeah, wow. But a fun little, uh, wow. fun little anecdote. Good for you. That's a really good story. And they did wear their, the cheese head in the Green Bay Packers. I'm glad they the followed up. Week. It was wow. really good. That's great. That's a good story. I've never heard that yeah, one Yeah, it's a fun one, isn't it? I also like that he's the one who became the priest, and then and you you got married. Now he actually there. does have obedience. Yeah? I don't, yeah. Sort of. There you go. That's There's great. Wow. But he has tonsure. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if only. He's a, he is balding a little bit more on top than I am. Yeah. Um, it's the priesthood, I'll tell you. It robs you of your hair. <laughs> I just go gray. The the kids and the wife turn me gray. Um, so as Father was talking about, we go out and evangelize the laity, right, are supposed to fill this role. But probably my favorite paragraph thus far of the catechism is paragraph 907. Read it for us. Okay. In accord with the knowledge, competence, and preeminence which they possess, lay people have the right and even at times a duty to manifest to the sacred pastors their opinion on matters which pertain to the good of the church and they have a right to make their opinion known to other christian faithful with due regard to the integrity of the faith and morals and reverence towards their pastors and with consideration for the common good in the dignity of persons and the reason i like that so much that very much speaks to my job obviously Mm -hmm. but i think the important part here is that it's not just, okay, the laity, your job is out there, and the priest's job is in here, right? There's not that fine line of separation. As Father said earlier, even in this uh, conversation, it doesn't work if you're not here. Yeah. And Father, how many business classes did you take when you were at seminary? Uh, precisely zero. How many finance <laughs> classes did you take? Zero. Marketing classes? Yeah, I, I like to say my business experience in the seminary, we had one afternoon conference, which I believe lasted for an hour, mm-hmm. uh, from the business manager of the seminary, John Irwin, wonderful man. And it was all about the capital campaign from his parish and how they ran it. Mm. That and was the extent. how much did that help you with our current capital campaign? <laughs> Not at all. And it's nothing against John Irwin. It's just, you know, every parish is a little bit different. And I think the thing is, you know, and I love that about in accord with the knowledge, competence, and preeminence which they possess. Mm -hmm. You just got a master's in business administration. I don't have a master's in business administration. So it's like, now granted, everything needs to come through the lens of evangelization. Mm -hmm. Also helps you have a degree in theology. So do I. Um, but you know, like just like our uh, our finance council, we've got diverse gifts right there. You know, between Seamus Donaldson and uh, we just brought on some some new folks and Wendy Roosh mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Mark Malden and Brendan Morgan. Like it's you know, and they they bring different things, and it's so good because it's not as though I'll put it this way, just to kind of I'll get back to it, I promise. But so Sister Elizabeth McDonough, I love quoting her. She was a wonderful Dominican sister who taught us in the seminary, tough as nails, and would just like you know tell us how it is Mm -hmm. and she's like gentlemen if on your ordination day you enter the church as mr jerk you're gonna leave as father jerk it's not as though when the bishop lays hands on you suddenly like magically you're you're converted into all things for all people and i can attest to that i mean it's not like june 5th 2010 suddenly all of my troubles seem so far away like you know i had to 
keep growing in my love of Christ. And I have to keep growing every single day. I got to keep working this. I still need to go to confession with frequency. Um, and plus, it wasn't as though I was ordained in biosmosis. I suddenly had a grasp of how to run parish finances. I'm really blessed to have the context of a mother who is a business manager in a parish for seven years, a father who was on a finance council the whole time I was growing up, as well as on a school board growing up, and he's a national bank examiner. My mom's been a bookkeeper forever. So it's like, I have an idea. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like basically what we have to do as priests is trust in the knowledge, competence, and preeminence of people. It's just, okay, you know, I'm just going to go straight here. With all this stuff with the sex abuse scandal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, let's keep bringing in experts. Experts who love the church and are going to bring in and be open and honest about like, okay, how do we treat people? What can we actually do? Like, bring in, you know, good lawyers. Bring in people who understand. And it's not to... You know, we gotta we gotta protect the image. No, no, no. Like we need the truth. We need healing. We need Jesus Christ in the midst of this. And here's how we're gonna take these tools that the that the world has, and we're going to bring them into the church and use them to the best. Just like we do on the finance council. Just like we do when we're building a building. Because once again, I was ordained. It doesn't mean oh, I'm suddenly a master architect. Like I need to be the one to design the church. No, like I need to bring in architects who are gonna say these different things. And you know, I trust the expertise of Jim. Rinsfield to tell me what needs to be done here. You know, it's not as though, once again, I was ordained, so I understand all things having to do with maintenance. I have a little bit more experience in maintenance from my time working in maintenance. However, people have their, their ears. I have my weekly meeting today with Aaron Brinkley, our wonderful principal. Mm -hmm. I don't have a master's degree in education. Like, I get to consult and be there with her, but I'm not going to tell her how to run curriculum, you know? So it's like, yeah. it's it's a wonderful thing, and people bring their competences to build up uh, the wonderful church that we have. Yeah, and I mean, you brought up sex abuse scandal. Let's go here. Synod on synodality, yeah. right? Surveying, you know? survey was pretty subpar yeah. for this thing. Yeah. How about, you know, evaluating the growth, evaluating communication, growing in communication, working together to understand how to serve the people with experts who work in these types of fields and yeah. can, uh, who love the Catholic faith and has the church's best interest at heart. They can evaluate this instead of bishops and priests trying to event wheels and uh, event systems that ultimately they don't have the expertise to do. Absolutely. Now. Because the whole thing feels very unscientific. Exactly. It's it just, does. Yeah. It's, it's a little But that's, a, that's a, another conversation for another day. And we are have already we, had we one have conversation. Had conversation. We have had that conversation. We did our part. We, we may need to have round two at some point. They just released the... I know. The document from the U.S. The document for the U.S. I read like the first page and I think I fell asleep. Yeah, it wasn't so. great. Here's my biggest problem with a lot of that. If I'm not mistaken, the new document from the U.S you know, on the results mentions, I think it's like, I don't remember how many pages. It's a lot of pages. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it mentions the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the center of all this, why we do what we do four times. <laughs> and it's all in the intro letter because yeah. it was in the Catholic thing article, wasn't it? Yeah. You read the same thing. I did. And it's read just the like, Catholic thing. They're awesome. They really are. And that was at Fran. Oh, I forget his name, but the, the author is like my I forget his last name. He's really good. Mm -hmm. I, everything he writes, I'm always excited. He used to work with uh, Archbishop Chaput. Anywho, you know, that that should give us a sign. It's like, hey, we're here to proclaim Jesus Christ, the fact that he's risen from the dead, and not here to tell you all about the environment. Am I anti the environment? No. 
who's anti the environment? That just seems like a stupid thing to say. I mean, yeah, okay, there may be like some big corporations who like cut corners and all that, but it's like, come on, like, no, I, I yes, I want the, the environment to thrive for, and I'll even say it for, for personal protection type reasons, right? That's why I try to take care of the things that I do. Yeah. But guess what I'm not here to do? Proclaim things about the environment because there are environmental scientists to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm here to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what I've been ordained to do. Now, there are people who have the competence mm-hmm. to do this, and good for them. Like, get out there. And they Use can do it in union with the church. There you go. Like, it can be a wonderful thing. But yeah, in union with the church is an important thing. Rather than talking about population explosions, which aren't happening, uh, actually, we have population implosions. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of things that it's like, I, I think there's a danger when we start going too far adrift and not focusing on, I mean, this is what I'm here to talk about is the catechism, you yeah. know, and then empowering people. It's like, okay, yeah, if you're passionate about this, go out there and study it and bring your Catholic faith with you. Invite Jesus Christ into every single meeting, every single time that you're reading. Pray to the Holy Spirit before you sit down to study or before you sit down to pour over financial statements, even, you know, on a, on a finance council. We pray before every meeting. Do that with your own finances when you're doing your taxes. Before you get going, say a prayer. If you enjoy them, say thanks be to God for that. Most people don't. Ask our Lord to help you to bury your cross or bury your cross. You know, I, I've heard bury the cross. Bury the cross. A whole lot better. It does. Taxes. Bury the cross. In the hole, much better. I think it was Bishop Barron. I love him talking about how you know for for us sometimes it's like burying the cross means sitting down at your desk and getting done what you have to get oh, done. And that's not yeah. romantic. It's not exciting. I mean, we don't have many saints in the missal where we're talking about them doing their paperwork, but it's got to be done. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can't just be like, oh, as a priest, like, I don't like that. I'm just not going to do it. It's got to get done. Now, I have people to help me. Thanks be to God. Between Michael and Sharon, if it wasn't for the two of them, no meetings would ever get scheduled with me. It's kind of funny. You want a meeting? Cut out the middleman. Don't talk to me. Talk to Michael or Sharon. They will take care of it. But, yeah, it's like, you know, that competence, that moving out into the world. And I'm glad you brought up Synod on Synodality. It's like, why don't we have professional scientific survey takers to do this rather than... That's what know, I was asking. Yeah, I agree I with you. I was hoping the cleric would have the answer for me, but apparently not. Well, because it's not my competence. <laughs> <laughs> True. So basically kind of circling back around, right? Help the church. Yeah. Right? Use your skills. If you've got something or you see something that you can do better or you can help us with, please let me know. Right? Things yeah. that we're looking for. Why don't we just do a little shout out? If there's a social worker out there, yes. please. We need a social worker. Just somebody that we can call. We get calls yeah. probably on a monthly basis about things that I cannot assist with. Yeah. We do not have a huge budget to help outside people. I got a call the other day about needing help with utilities. Sure. And I just send them to United Way has a number 211. Mm-hmm. I don't know how great it works, but it's there. Sure. So I send them that way. But we need help with that, yeah. right? And remember too, you know, when you want to say like, "Oh, why doesn't the church do X?" Be prepared to help, to step up. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite examples of recent years is Tammy Randa. Like, Mm -hmm. she knows, it's like she notices the fact she herself is a widow. She's struggling. She's having a hard time with it. And it's like, are there other widows and widowers out there who could use some mutual support? And they put together a robust and Mm -hmm. beautiful ministry for widows and widowers of getting together with some relative frequency. They go to mass first. They Mm -hmm. go out to dinner. They do different things together. That's awesome. As opposed to just sitting back and saying, what? 
doesn't the church do X? Like, well, guess what? You're part of the church. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, we have to direct it and guide it and make sure that we're not like either reinventing the wheel or, or overlapping too much. Like I, as a pastor, have the difficult role of sometimes saying, okay, not that right now, but I want to direct you to here. And I have to do that sort of overseeing. However, I'm always happy to work with people and try to figure out, okay, how can we best utilize our time, our resources, our space to make sure that we're meeting the needs of the parish? So if you see that, like your prophetic role, I mean, as we're getting that from 907, you know, by your baptism, bring it up. Let's let's hear about your competence, what you bring to this. Let's see what we can do. If there's a gap we got in the parish, let's try to fill that gap. And Father was so worried about the operations of the parish, he hired me. The director of operations. So come talk to me because I it. love operating things. And you direct them so well. I direct the operations, hence my title. Good job, MBA. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Although I've been director of operations more time than I've actually had my MBA. So I, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, just yeah. kind of the cherry on top. Who's counting? Still yeah. don't have the diploma. Still waiting for it. End of October. They said it would be here by end of October. One more month. One more month. It'll come. We're at the end of September right now. Okay. All right. Kingly office of Christ. Kingly office for us as the lay faithful. I put wow next to 909. I don't remember. Um, Just read it. Just read it out loud. It's all good. Moreover, so this is paragraph 909. Moreover, by uniting their forces, let the laity so remedy the institutions in conditions of the world when the latter are... Man, I cannot read today. It's okay. (laughs) When the latter are an inducement to sin, that these may be conformed to the norms of justice, favoring rather than hindering the practice of virtue. By so doing, they will impregnate culture and human works with a moral value. Okay. I can't read it very well, but this was awesome. Let me summarize why it was awesome, because I understood it in my head. (laughs) Basically, we as laity are supposed to go out and make holy otherworldly institutions. Yeah. Go out there and make your voice heard. And why does this have to do with the kingly office, right? Because it's underneath the us following after Christ's kingly office as, you know, lay, lay in the lay priesthood, as we've talked about in the previous episodes. Um, because that's what kings do. They go out and they look at organizations. They look at their kingdom and their operations and say, how can we make this better as this kind of Um, royalty and rulership that Mm -hmm. they have. We, as the followers of Christ, as evangelizers, as people that are supposed to go out sharing our light with the world, we are supposed to lift up organizations that we see so that they are virtuous. And just think, if every single Christian out there took that to heart in their work, we would have a lot more Chick-fil-A's out there. We would. We'd have a lot more Hobby Lobbies. Those people that are respecting Sunday, those mm-hmm. people that are respecting their workers and respecting pay and trying to create a good, just worker environment, trying to create an organization that builds up the world instead of just looking for the bottom line or the, the stock options or the, you know, making money so they can have a bigger house or whatnot. Just think what would happen if yeah. we just took the Christian mentality into each and every single area of work. Absolutely. I don't think I can say anything more or better than that. I mean, it's just, you're right on. It's like, yeah. I mean, okay, when Netflix starts throwing a fit because Georgia's having too many, like, pro-life laws, cancel your Netflix account. You know, it's like, and let them know. Like, and when, oh, wait, why? We want you back. Yeah, well, if you're going to be fighting to promote abortion, I'm not really interested in you. Mm -hmm. And those things can be, like, gravely inconvenient, you know? It's like, it's nice to have Netflix. It's nice to have this or that or the other. Um, But you know what? It's like, I can't stand with your company philosophy right now. I'm going to have to back out. And until you change that up, I'm going to stay out, you know? And I'd like to be partnered with you, 
but it looks like you don't want to be partnered with me. Yeah. So farewell. And now, on the flip side, yep. right, you can go overboard on that because sure. almost every company has a problem. Right? I know. I so know. trying to figure out where you draw the line is it's a tough. conscious thing. It right? is. It is. It's tough. And I'm sorry I mentioned one specific thing. No, no. It's just, I, I think that's a good example because you. I think a lot of people have felt like Netflix had been going down the wrong yeah. trail. And they, they and that's did the that one that once. I did personally, so I feel okay and saying it. And they did that one yeah. series not too long ago about the cheerleaders that was just, I think that was Netflix, that was no. just really bad. You were out of well, I've been, yeah. When, they, that when that whole thing happened with George and they were like doubling down on abortion, I was like, okay, I'm done. But and, and honestly, for me, me, Target, when they did that whole bathroom stuff. I don't even know about that. I mean, a while back, they basically said, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You're basically if you identify as a male or a woman, you're allowed uh, in the, the, that gender's bathroom. They oh, came out and made a really big statement about that. I still don't like going to Target. Yeah. Whether whether it's still for that reason or not, I do know Target had a really big hit. Oh, when I'm they sure. Came out with that statement. Unfortunately, I don't think they're feeling it as much anymore. Yeah. Because time heals a lot of wounds, sure. even bad wounds. Um. But yeah, it, that is one of the organizations I'm like. I can avoid going to Target. We yeah. don't even have a Target in Salisbury. You have no, to go all the way down to George Lyles just to go to Target. Not that important. Yeah. No, I agree. And I like that the way that that one started by uniting their forces. Mm-hmm. Let the lady. And I love it. You know, in the prayer um, after the Our Father. Um, no, it's it's a little bit for that. The one that I pray to the Eucharist, where mm-hmm. it's like you know, and something about unity according to your will. And I love that because it's not just like unity for unity's sake. Like we all have to be on the same page here. Like yeah, we we, we work for unity, but according to the will of God. It's yeah. not just like you have to be on on board. With there this, there has is, to be an end to the unity. Yeah, exactly. We are uniting for a purpose, but the purpose has to come first, yep. so that we can unite around it. There you have it. And bringing. Christianity into institutions and lifting up virtue and lifting up um, the kingly nature of our uh, lay office is incredibly important. Like why we're doing what we're doing in the first place. Like remember, this life is not about acquiring more stuff. I mean, any one of us, like, okay, we have a big storm coming tonight, right? It's like any one of us could be done, you know? It's just like basically we always need to be ready that if our Lord comes today, are you ready to say to him, here you go. Like, I was doing the best I could with everything I had at this moment. It doesn't mean that, like, you've already hit the pinnacle because you might not even know what the pinnacle of your life is. You may be a lot closer to it than you think. The main thing is is that every single day you're striving to make the most of your priestly, prophetic, and kingly office you've been given by your baptism so that when our Lord shows up, he says, oh, I already knew, I know all the circumstances of your life. I know you were trying your best. I know that this particular project, you're not done with it yet, but hey, I didn't want you to finish the project. Someone else can do that. I wanted you to do this piece. Thanks for being faithful. That's why it's like every day you just need to keep showing up and doing your part. Um, and remembering, it's like that's one of the cool things about today is the the archangels. Mm-hmm. They can see things from an eternal perspective. You know, like Gabriel, you know, going down humbly to our Blessed Mother. Like from... A worldly perspective, looking at that moment, which is like the central moment in the history of mankind, um, like to an objective observer at the moment, it doesn't look like a big deal. Some girl in her house, whoop-de-doo, mm-hmm. you know? But like that was the, I mean, that, it's incredible. Like heaven is kneeling before this moment, right? And the thing is, in our lives, those sort of things may be happening like today that this is a central pivotal moment in your life and you know not everybody's going to see it not everybody's going to know it but can you go to our lord and say i did the best with what you gave me 
you know, in that moment, it was hard. I had to suffer for it. Not that many people even knew about it, but here it is. I'm doing my best. And if you can say that to him, oh my goodness, it's like, then your life was a life well lived, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's an incredible, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And we all have that vocation. There is no life that is a throwaway life. Cool. Your life is important. Yep. Don't forget it. And I said I couldn't add to it, and then I went on a 15-minute rant. I knew you were going to. <laughs> I can't help it's it. A false humility. Uh, okay. He likes to talk, but we like to listen. I, so it's I a, do it's like a to talk. You know, here. it's good. We go back and forth. All okay. right. Do we move into consecrated life? I think so. Do you feel like anything else you want to talk about with the laity? I like paragraph 910, but it's kind of already what we talked about, right? Okay. Fulfilling that kingly mission within the church community. Also, it uses the word charisms. Mm-hmm. And I like anything that uses the word charisms. So, I, and I just want to point out like I, two things. Um, uh, Father we, has more that he can add. I do. We like to talk about Dr. Larry Chapsum. Do it. And, and uh, you know, he talks about this being the age of the laity. And you and I have talked about this. And based yeah, on, in the last five minutes of his interview, Father's like, hey, he talks about it being the age of the laity. And I was so excited. It's like an hour and a half podcast episode. Oh, that was something. That, that wasn't my podcast. No, no, not your podcast. Okay, that's right. It was the Midnight Carmelite. Midnight Carmelite. That's he right. He did an interview with another podcast called Midnight Carmelite. Um, and I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going to listen to this podcast. I did. Hour and a half. I'm like, I missed it. He never said it's the age of the loyalty. I missed it. Last five minutes. I'm like, oh, I waited an hour and 25 minutes of good content to listen to one quote, and I found it in the last five minutes. But anyways, it was kind of a funny little thing that followed. Yes. like, oh, he talks about this. The, the age of the... And I, and I totally agree with he it. He does. It is. It, and I, I think I think he's right. You know, that universal call the holiness. Like, it's not as though the priests and the religious can just like put all this on our shoulders and keep going. It's like, everybody's got to be bought in. Everybody needs to fall in love with Christ and, and follow him to the end. And that is so essential. And doggone it. You made me forget my second point, but it's just like the age of the laity is such a, it's an important thing. And I mean, you know, we're going to be moving into the consecrated life, the evangelical councils. Let's let's talk about real quick why he thinks it's the age of the laity. Sure. I mean, uh, we all see it, and we mm-hmm. all notice it, right? We don't aren't getting as many vocations, mm-hmm. and I think that fits well with, in some ways, with our day and age, right? Yeah. Because people don't hold the cleric as in such high esteem as they used to, which right? is actually kind of good for us clerics too. It's like, okay, why are you becoming a priest? Is it because everybody's going to think you're amazing? No, I mean, oh, you're going to make all this money? No. Well, yeah, clericalism but, was huge for a while, mm-hmm. and that's why the sex abuse scandal could even exist, mm-hmm. right? Clericalism does still exist, no sure. doubt about it. Sure. Um, I do not suffer from clericalism, and that's um, why my yeah, head. That's, that's, that, why, that's, that's why my head's not so huge, is because Michael doesn't suffer from clericalism. We still need the clerics, right? Mm-hmm. We're not saying oh, no. the laity can do everything, right? A lot of this kind of leftist church agenda no. of the laity fulfilling a lot more of these roles, Just but the laity has this appropriate role to fill to support the pastor, so that the pastor or the priest can do the roles that only they can fulfill. It is this happy medium, this happy relationship, which I think is why sacred. Heart yeah. is a, as amazing as it is, as we talked about, kind of at the top of the of course. Of the and I think too, like there's a danger when we hear universal call to holiness, and we think, oh, that means you need to be more involved in the liturgy. You're not that involved in the liturgy. You read at our wedding last week for Daniel and Anna Stasak. It was <laughs> lovely. It was a beautiful wedding. Michael did an excellent job lecturing, but you don't lecture very often. I mean, and you, you helped me distribute communion on Thursdays at the school mass if there's no priest or deacon here. I can do it yeah, as a you can help. support of Father because I work here. But, but honestly, if I didn't work here, 
I would probably wouldn't volunteer. Yeah, and it, it's not as though you have to do that to have a part in the universal call to holiness. There's very few liturgical parts, and I'll be honest, it's like that's what I that's what I gave my whole life to do is to celebrate the sacraments and you know to preside, so to speak, to celebrate, to offer the mass. I don't need to hand that off. And that's not, look at me, I'm the priest. It's like, no, it's just, that's my role. I'm the only one here who can hear confessions. Like, And I need to be doing that. That's why, you know, because we've got the division of labor in a really good way, I think our, our masses are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes, I need some help. We need servers. Every once in a while, I need an extraordinary minister. We need lectors. But if you're not one of those, if you're not an usher or all these things, it's not as though you don't have a part to play. You have a you have a very significant and important part to play. The liturgical roles are very minimal, you know, and, and ultimately like that kind of belongs to the realm of the clergy. That's not to put down the lady in any way. In fact, I would just say it's like I'm here to empower you. When you come here, it's like, hey, I lead you in prayer because that's my job. That's what I've been I've given my life to do. You know, I'm praying for you. At Mass, I'm praying with you as well. And then you go out there and do the hard work in the world. And, you know, to, to recognize that. Like, even if we did have a whole ton of priests, and we may, we have 50 seminarians right now, which is awesome. Pretty soon, we might not have much of a clergy shortage in the Diocese of Charlotte. But that doesn't mean all of a sudden, boom, everything is just great. No, you all still have to be bought in. It's not like, okay, the priest can do all that, that religion stuff now. I'm going to get back to watching the Packers play the Steelers. Like, no, like, it's deeper than that. Like, you have to do the hard work of going out there and being a saint in the world. We're all called the holiness. This is a universal call. Every one of us has our part to play, and every one of those parts are very important. And the liturgical element, while probably and arguably the most important element, is a very small mm-hmm. element. Yeah. I mean, most people go to Mass one hour a week, mm-hmm. right? What about the other whatever many hours of the week? I can't do math in my head real quick right now. It's okay. Um, where we still need to be evangelizing mm-hmm. and we still need to be building up the kingdom of God. And, the, and honestly, the, that one hour a week that we're spending at Mass, it's not for us to continue to keep working. Yeah. That's actually the one hour a week where we need to be absorbing and growing and resting and praying to equip ourselves for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. That's your hour to give and yeah. serve yeah. and really pour out everything for us. So if we, the laity, start working that hour, people do need to do stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I, of course. I work of every course. Sunday because Absolutely. I work for the church. Mm-hmm. But that's because of my job. But it's also, I don't, sometimes I, I miss just sitting there and not sure. and knowing that when I get up out of my pew and I go to the back of the church, I'm not going to be asked four questions about different things, of right? Of course, of course. Because that's my time to prepare for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. So it, it just fits the roles so yeah. much better. It does. It and does. I like just... I like just kind of sitting in. Of course. I wish I didn't have my kids all the time. <laughs> but that's so your my vocation. My wife and I literally high-five each Sunday and go, we made it through another one. <laughs> and then I get to high-five your kids because exactly. they made it through another one too. It's 167 other hours, by the way. Oh, thank you I for think, doing I think I got it. I think I got it right. I hope I did. So anyway, but yes, it's, you know, yes, the liturgy is so crucial. Mm-hmm. We have to have it. It's our encounter with Christ. But it's a beautiful thing. He says, go in peace. And you go out there into the mission fields after getting to come home for a little while. And you go out there and take the love of Christ with you after having and received him. when the laity shines. Bingo. And I'm here, and it's interesting because I've been meditating a lot more recently on the promises I made at ordination. You know, and part of them are to, you know, 
pray it's like pray for the sanctification of the way you know of your people mm-hmm. every single day and i don't i don't know how many years i've been doing it but it's like i've prayed very intentionally it's like the first intention i have every morning is for sacred heart and i mean and then later on as i get through different things i go from sacred heart to my family to all sorts of different things but and i get into some very specific things at sacred heart or some some different situations that are going on some difficulties for some people um for those who've just recently died for those in our cemetery for those who are mourning you know i'm praying for those people every single day and they've got to be out there living their vocation and so it's like we're we're mutually benefiting each other in all of this it's yeah it's amazing our faith is so great so help the church but help it in the right way by being you by letting christ be in your heart and, you know, more and more becoming like Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we're called to. I don't like that phrase, become the best version of yourself. I don't think it's enough. You know, it's like, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Like, we are striving to be, like, on fire with the love of God. Like, mm-hmm. you know, deification. Like, it's not, like, I'm not here to be a self-help speaker. I mean, yeah, it's great. Like, the faith, of course. Like, I've become more orderly in my life. I get up better in the morning all this. You know, I could be struck with cancer tomorrow and be like falling apart in orderliness and all of this. That's not why I'm doing it all. It's not just self-help. I'm doing this to become a saint, to imitate Christ. And so like this isn't just like a, a self-help manual. This is like we're we're preparing for eternity to love the way they love in heaven. And that means self-sacrificing love, which sometimes, whew, that's pretty tough. I think isn't it Pope Benedict that said you were not made for comfort, you were made for greatness? Yep. I like that quote better. I do too. Because greatness means sainthood. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think that's synonymous in that quote. Yeah. Right? You're not made for comfort. You were made to be a saint. Mm-hmm. Greatness. Yeah. One day be that great saint that we have in the 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 liturgy. That yep. you know, you'll be the day before Saint Michael Gabriel Raphael. Actually, I think that's Saint Saint Wenceslas. Saint Wenceslas, who is a wonderful lay who saint. A, it, yeah. It's there great. You there you have it. And then St. Lawrence Ruiz and companions who are Filipino catechists. I don't think Lawrence Ruiz is a priest. No, I don't think He's so a catechist, either. and they went to uh, to evangelize in Japan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you think about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome, and we're all called to this. And Michael brings up sometimes that it just doesn't seem right that there aren't more lay saints. Um that like haven't got. I mean, I think I, there are a ton I, of lay. I'm even more specific. Like canonized, more lay, canonized, married, married saints. lay saints. Because there's a, there's actually a lot of lay saints, which we we're not really going to get to it a whole lot. But there's a lot of consecrated saints, sure. right? And the next quite a few paragraphs about the consecrated life, uh, religious life. Let's just say this real quick: evangelical councils are going to talk about poverty, chastity, obedience. Okay, we've talked a little bit about this, and even made a reference to Michael and the soccer game and not getting to go to see his. Like you know, I look up and I really love Larry. Chap, he loves Sherry Waddell. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like we have our people we look up to. He has to give up that time. It's like that obedience. And this is another thing about the age of the laity. It's not the age of just oh, they're the people who did poverty, chastity, obedience. I don't have to worry about that. No, you have to live poverty. You have to live chastity. You have to live obedience. Is it in a different way? Yes. Mm-hmm. But your life, it's like especially as a parent, you don't get to just go out whenever you want and buy whatever you want. You've got to be concerned about your wife and your kids. I've got a freedom in that, you know, where I don't have the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I still need to live a simple life. I mean, I don't take a vow of poverty, but I do need to live simply. Um, 
you know, but yeah, I mean, in some ways it's like you have to live that vow of poverty more than I do mm-hmm. because you have to be more directly concerned with the well-being of other uh, human beings that are relying on you. I remember a while back, you know, I had dinner with the Howell family and they have seven kids. And I remember it was like, I saw something about they had graduated, the two of them graduated from, from high school in like 02 and 03. I was like, what? You're younger than me? Like, but you guys are adults. Like, there are human beings who rely on you. Like, how is this possible? And it's, it's, it's incredible, but you know, the, the point is, when we get to the evangelical councils and the consecrated life, yes, that is crucial. I love my sister friends, both, you know, contemplative and active. They're amazing, and they're an important part of the church. I think part of our vocation crisis is because we don't have more of them. I think that's kind of like the heart of it, and that's affected the priesthood, because I don't have my, like, complementary feminine genius who's also celibate in the area. I mean, that's it's a hard thing. We and need honestly, to be able to play off each other. That's a whole other podcast. It is. Do some other day. Oh, my gosh should be amazing but the danger is is when we think like oh they're the they're the holy ones they're the ones who have to live this out it's like no the married people have to live this out too and like the evangelical councils poverty chastity obedience it's there for you to live too and pray for the grace to live it in the right way um yeah and i think i mean i think we can just kind of run through that real quick i mean basically you want a quick run through on the on the consecrated life, nine fourteen to nine thirty three. Was there anything in particular you wanted to jump on on that? Um, there's a lot of different types, right? The heading right before nine seventeen is one great tree with many branches. So there's a lot of different. Um, sorry, this is what happens when I keep my phone there. Um, there's a lot of different types of. Uh, People living this consecrated life, you've got hermits, mm-hmm. right? You've got consecrated virgins, which you don't meet a whole lot. Actually, one of my good friends from um, college has made temporary vows as a consecrated virgin. I think I met, was yeah. she at, at Father Bulky's ordination? She was. She was. Wonderful. She was lovely. Um, religious life mm-hmm. isn't there. And actually, isn't religious life, and I think we, at, right at the top, religious life is actually part of the laity, right? Uh, In the, no, I don't think so. They said except for. No, I thought they just said except for holy orders. Did they say except for And those orders? who belong to a religious state approved by the church. So then why we got religious life right here at 925? Maybe we need to dig into this a little bit more. No, no, they don't. Like holy orders and those. No, but like 920, in paragraph 925, we mm-hmm. talk about religious life. Aren't we still talking about the laity here? Or did no, we go? No, no, oh, consecrated we con- life. Consecrated life. Yep. That's why. We I'm switch. Confused. I'm sorry. I'm just like I'm running tired. through it on you. It's, you're doing great. I actually slept well last night. And you're actually reading pretty well now. I'm, I'm impressed. Trying. You're doing great. Um, so, so those with the, those with the, um, the apostolic. You got the religious life. Then we get into the secular institutes, societies of So life. these are, we're, cons- these are not considered laity. This is a, this is a separate category. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, apparently I read the catechism too quick. I need to take my time more next time. You're doing great. So we got hermits, consecrated versions, religious life, secular institutes, and societies of apostolic life. You don't run into these a whole lot. And every once in a while, even when I hear about these things, I'm like, what is this thing again? How does this apply to me? How does this fit in all of this? And because actually secular institutes and societies of apostolic life, those don't always have to be with the apostolic councils, right? No. And that's that's the instance. We're we're sort of in this like weird in between laity, but Mm -hmm. still part of... Sort of like 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 Opus Dei, like where you you've, you're sort well, of well, that's a personal prelature. That's even different. I thought that was a society of apostolic life. Maybe not. Slightly different, but okay. uh, 
they they argue that it's kind of the same, but okay. Jose Maria Escriva said it's not. Okay. Um, if you really want to get technical, we can do it, but not right now. Um, but there are people who live as married men and women and participate in, like, you've got, like, third orders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that would f- uh, fall into some of these areas, like the um, Order of Malta would mm-hmm. fall into this okay. as well. Where you would still be laity, but you're also part of this specific organization that kind of helps give you a rule of life. Yeah, and it gets really... This is where it gets really confusing. It does. And it I think does. the catechism does a decent job at describing these things, but you've got to be like a canon lawyer to figure yeah. some of this stuff out and how That's this true. actually works. And I am not there yet. But you know what? I'm happy to know, like, when we, if we ever want to dive deeper, 914 to 933, which I know... Like, we're here to discuss these things, but I'm really happy that we talked about the lady more today. Oh, yeah. Because we're already at an hour. But I'm, I like, and then, I mean, we get this huge in brief section that goes over the whole thing. And then we're going to get, like, just a couple paragraphs on the communion of saints. Yeah, so we'll carry on communion of saints next time. I think that would make sense. Yeah. But I honestly think. I would like to talk about consecrated life more. Let's I think do it. it's an important topic. Yeah. Not necessarily today. I think we need to get. One of my sister friends. We need to get down a here. sister. We need to keep praying for my friend, Sister Joseph Andrew. But I totally agree with you. We I need think- to, we need to get somebody in here that understands this better than we do. Who's yeah. living in one of these areas of consecrated life to help us understand all the different aspects of any sisters who may be listening we would love to have you to the power pod studios llc to talk about consecrated life and yeah just the ins and outs the day-to-day and um i love the consecrated life Mm -hmm. as many people have heard me say i think the mother house in ann arbor michigan of the dominican sisters of mary mother of the eucharist it's one of the happiest places on earth right behind disney right no no (laughs) Well, that's what they call Disney, the happiest place on earth. They may call it, but it's it's a horrible, I, I, terrible lie. I agree with Father. Yeah. It's a horrible, terrible lie. Oh, my lie. gosh. Like They suck up your money and your soul. I know. Whereas in Ann Arbor, they, they do neither. They just lift <laughs> your soul up to heaven. They make you... It's just it's a wonderful place. That and Fatima and Sacred Heart. It's like three of the best places on earth. I haven't been to Fatima yet. But and I've been to Lourdes. Lourdes. Been to Lourdes. I haven't been to Lourdes yet. I need to get to Lourdes. I know. You go to Fatima. It's like literally a I know. Job. Yeah, but I'm always there on a pilgrimage. It's not like I can just like break you off You need to people. stay like an extra week weekend and just grab a train I know. and head up to it's it's just hard to do that but hey maybe one of these days i agree i need you to go what do you just mean go. you could go to fatima and the holy land in the same year but you can't take three days to go to lords i know well no I'm, out on this. <laughs> I'm only missing one weekend and i don't want to miss more that than is, that that is impressive so so anyways yeah. anyone who is in any really any state of consecrated life if you're a part of a secular institute or society of apostolic life we'd love to hear from you absolutely we'd like to understand this more i think this was good today though kind of focusing more on the lady we we were a little bit different than normal today we, we just sort of like sat on the first several paragraphs and just talked as opposed to reason reading a lot of stuff and let's say this uh, 90%, what do you think 90, exactly oh yeah 98 viewers i totally agree like no i'm happy with the way this went and the reason why i'm bringing up now and not like five minutes from now we're off air is because i'd like to hear the feedback on that plus how did the microphone sound did i sound like i was mumbling again or could you hear me? how was our image quality how was our lighting did you like the little purple we got going on back here um yeah how are the excited mics? to hear how maria is, perkins what did you think how she's gonna view? let us know i know this was a little bit more us talking to to each other you did a pretty good job of talking to the camera i think the wheelie chairs help wheelie chairs help you a can lot kind of rotate like as you need to and to be fair i'm trained to like scan as i'm talking mm-hmm. and i know it's like another person right here i know we're breaking the fourth wall but 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, you're right. And I mean, that's that's how we're supposed to preach. Like, I look at the whole church, and like as I'm talking, I'm going back and forth. And the hard part is, I'm not going to listen looking at you all like yeah. this. I'm going to listen looking at you like this, because which makes a lot of speaking. sense. And then he talks to me, and he talks to you, and we go back and forth. It works great. I, I like it. A good setup. I think so too, and I hope everybody else thought so. And uh, let's keep doing it, and let's keep praying for uh, everybody possibly in harm's way with this storm, mm-hmm. and uh, be safe out there, and keep up the prayers. And we are always accepting more donations to PowerPod Studios LLC. Absolutely, we can come up with some cool stuff. Michael has some wonderful ideas, and he's really good about being very cost-effective about them. Um, one other pitch. And I forgot we should probably put it up on Facebook. First Saturday, day after tomorrow, mm-hmm. come on out. It'll be wonderful. I tried to kind of pitch a little bit in the well, holiday this weekend. To be pretty, uh, it's supposed to be by Saturday morning. On Saturday. Awesome. So, God willing, we'll be able to come together. Thank God for keeping us safe uh, physically. And let's ask Him to help us keep being stronger spiritually. Awesome. Well, let's close with the prayer. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory be with you. With your spirit. Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.